The Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we've been bouncing around in the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, for many weeks, actually. We heard some of it back in Advent when we heard about John the Baptist. We heard about Jesus' baptism on the first Sunday of Epiphany, and now we go right back there for the temptation of Jesus, coupled with that vexing story of the surrender of Isaac and God intervening um, to not let Abraham um, sacrifice his son. Those two go together, and we'll try and pull those together, but I had a kind of an epiphany to start the season of Lent as I read the Gospel of Mark in that first chapter. And I just want to help you get, since we bounced around a little bit, just help you get the order because it was like, aha, it all flows. It makes sense. So, think about, we start with Jesus' baptism. John baptizes Jesus, which is um, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, according to the Gospel of Mark. And we wrestled with why did Jesus have to get baptized? And, and what we held up and what Luther, kind of a lone voice amongst a lot of scholars, holds up is that um, Jesus is beginning. He, he did that when in the incarnation and in Christmas, but now He's taking on. He who knew no sin became sin. So, yes, He's getting baptized. He's taking on our sin. He's He's stepping into our place, and of course, He's baptized. The Holy Spirit comes, delivers a promise to Him, you are my Son, and then right away, the next thing that happens is the Holy Spirit drives Him out into the wilderness. Now, that's an interesting verb, isn't it? Why would Jesus have to be driven out? Well, He's fully human and fully God, and the Gospel of Mark is not embarrassed to show the humanity of Jesus. 
And the Spirit drives him out into the wilderness for 40 days. So he's out there. And then he comes back and he preaches. He preaches the gospel. You put it all together and we get this wonderful promise of baptism, wilderness, and preaching. And here we are in the wilderness of the 40 days of Lent. But the 40 days of Lent, we're always in that wilderness, aren't we? I mean, I just, it's so hard to watch the news, isn't it? It's so hard. You don't want to run away from the pain and struggle in the world, but you also have to kind of take it in small doses or it overwhelm you. And then there's just our everyday wilderness struggle. Lent is life. Um, but there's a promise here. We, in our baptism, have been connected to Christ, and so His story becomes our story, and I want to help you see something that's amazing, that jumped off the pages for me for perhaps the first time as I read and prepared for this message. Jesus is baptized. He's given this great promise, you are my son, We've talked about in our baptism how when we're baptized, we're given that promise. And then he's out there in the wilderness, and the gospel of Mark does not tell us what the devil tempted him with. We get that from Matthew and Luke, and those are really important. But, but for now, let's just pretend that we don't have Matthew and Luke. Mark doesn't care what the devil tempted us, tempted Jesus with. That's not the point. He was tempted. That's what, and he goes out into the wilderness. And where did Israel fail? In the wilderness. So, he's going out there for us, and he endures it, he resists it. But how? Did you catch how he endured it? And this is the little statement that Mark tells us, and it's in the other Gospels, but it, I just never even paid attention to before. You know how he got through it? the angels ministered to him. He was with the wild beast, man. He was out there. He was in the historic wilderness. But the angels ministered to him. Have you ever thought about that? We're in the wilderness. Wouldn't it be great if we had some angels ministering to us? Or do we? Well, how did the angels minister to him? So, as a, as a you know, I got to dive in, and so the word is diakonia in Greek. It's um, deacon. It means serve. It could just as well be translated as served him. But how do angels serve him? Did they take the bread, the stones, and give him some bread? No, he was, no, they didn't do that. Did they pat him on the back? Well, maybe. Did they surround him? Yeah, well, maybe. But what do angels do? What does the word angel mean? You should know this. What does it mean? Come on, somebody. Messenger, that's right. So how do angels minister to Jesus? They preach. They talked to him. And you know what I think they were doing? They were saying, Jesus, don't forget your baptism. You're his son. And he, God is well pleased with you. 
You're His Son. Don't let the devil throw in. And this is where Matthew and Luke are helpful in the temptation of Jesus, because what is the ultimate temptation? What does the devil say to Jesus? If you are the Son of God, throws that little bit of doubt in what Jesus was given in His baptism for us. And so, yes, He goes in the wilderness for us. And the angels minister to Him by preaching and giving him a word. Well, if that's the tempt, if if that's what the angels do, then what is the devil doing? The devil's giving a different word. The devil's preaching a different message. And I'm just going to do it real quick here. I want to tell you what not to listen to. This is so important. And these are the things you should not listen to. Well, no. Scratch that. Reverse. These are the things that need to take a second seat to what Jesus says. The first one is your emotions. Emotions are beautiful. They're wonderful. I'm big on expressing my emotions. I'm a crier. I get frustrated. I let it out. I'm a skunk. I spray when I'm frustrated. But guess what? My faith is not based on my emotions. But our culture says, do you feel it? If you don't feel it, it's not real. I'm telling you what's real. What's real is what God in Christ says to you. You're God's child. You're God's daughter. You're God's son. That's what's real. God is here right now with you. Do you feel it? I don't know. I hope you do. If you'll let go of your feelings and not worry about what you feel, you might just have that beautiful feeling that everybody's after. But that's not the point. Emotions are not bad, but don't don't listen to your emotions because sometimes your emotions might tell you, I'm not a child of God. Look what I did. I don't think God is with me. I feel completely alone. That's, That's a part of it. But guess what? The Word is what takes precedence. Well, the other thing not to listen to is your reasoning. I won't tell you what our namesake Martin Luther said about reason. It's the devils, and I won't use the word, we're in church. Now, was Luther against thinking and reason? No, but don't listen to the internal critic and voice inside above the Word of God. Listen to what the Word of God says. The angels ministered to Jesus. They gave Him the message, you are my child, you are my daughter. I mean, to us, you are my daughter, you are my son. Don't listen to the accusation of the law. Listen to the law. It'll set really beautiful boundaries for you, and you'll have a much better life. But don't listen to its accusation. Listen to what Jesus says about you. This is how it works, folks. This is the gospel. Have you ever… I, I think about these stories about a critic, um, like a movie critic or a theater critic, and all the actors, after they do their opening performance in Broadway, they're just… they open the New York Times. They open the time. They… what did the critics say? Our lives depend on what this critic says. They have the authority to say this is a good show or a bad show. Or a restaurant critic coming for opening night, and they're sitting there, a normal person, but they're a spy. 
guess what? You have the most important power in all the universe who's come to visit you in the wilderness and is not the critic that's going to accuse you, but that's the one who's going to forgive you and say, you are forgiven. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. That's what you have in the wilderness. So this Lent, think about You can do all your giving up and you can do all your taking on, but think about what you're giving time for these ears to hear. And what voice you're listening to above everything else, listen to what Jesus said to you when you were brought to those waters. That's the good news. Don't ever let go of that promise. Thanks be to God. Amen.